Hello and welcome to the Completely Random Foolishness Podcast, a show dedicated to making you laugh and think, sometimes neither. Before we get started, I want to put out a quick disclaimer. I don't have a problem with any of the people I'm about to mention, none of them. In fact, I thrive off of their content more, probably more than anything else. So don't come for my head, all right? If you hear any strange noises, it's because I'm in my car. I have explained this so many times. So if this isn't your first time here, you're probably like, girl, stop telling us you're in your car. But I do that for people that don't know why I'm in my car. All right. Quickly, I'm going to explain that. I'm in my car because I have a podcasting studio set up in my house. I live with other people. It's really hard to get other people to be quiet when I need to record. I've tried muffling the sound. I've tried many, many things. I've tried waiting until people were asleep and it always fails. So I'm in my car for the time being. Okay. YouTube is a platform of many many genres. There's so much to explore if you take the time to deep dive. Now, if you do that, you're likely to run into some strange things. I don't recommend it unless it's like three in the morning. That's when things get really interesting. Okay. You've got your DIY channels, cooking channels, uh, magnet building channels, hydraulic press channels, beauty channels, skit channels, prank channels, vlog channels, weird kids content channels, drama channels, guided meditation channels, inspiration channels. Uh, I'm missing some. I'm missing a bunch. Okay. Song cover channels and so much more. But perhaps the most interesting channel to dive into is the commentary channel, which is what we're talking about today. I put commentary channels into two different categories for the sake of this episode. One is a comedy commentary channel, and two is a social commentary channel. It is important to note that they exist on two different levels or playing fields, however you want to say it. Comedy commentary to me is when a channel makes fun of something stupid or strange. Social commentary is when a channel focuses on various topics and issues going on in the world. It could still be people. Either one could be people. I'll put it like that. But it depends on a lot of factors. But those factors mainly are the style of the commentary and the topic of the commentary. Okay. Let's move on. There are probably more categories than that. Uh, I, I will say that commentary is a wide, it can cover a wide range of things, but those are the only two that I'm going to focus on today. Recently, I found myself straying away from commentary channels because I started to get bored. And don't get me wrong, it's not that uh, the content wasn't entertaining, it's more that I was seeing the same things over and over again and it felt like I needed a break. For clarification purposes, these are the commentary YouTubers I watched regularly or at least semi-regularly watched. Leon Lush, Eddie Burback, I think he's commentary, uh, Ready to Glare, Philip DeFranco, Tiffany Ferg, Danny Gonzalez, James... I want to say Marriott. 
don't quote me on that. Atozi, Curtis Connor, Callum Markey, Kev on stage, Drew Gooden, Casey, I want to say Ion, so I never knew how to say that. Kiki Chanel, she does, I think, I believe, <laughs> I keep saying I think, but it's because I watch so many different channels, half the time they all blur together. I think she does like MLM focused commentary and uh, Mr. Gigi, how can I forget him? I love his content so much. That's a pretty decent sized list and I'm not even sure I covered everybody. Now some of these people may or may not be considered commentary to you, but this is just what I would personally consider. Wow. So like I said, I started to move, oh my God. <laughs> Okay, pause. Want to know what's crazy? <laughs> First, I forget to turn my phone down, as usual. And as I'm trying to turn my phone down, I roll down my window by accident, scaring the crap out of me. So that was the sound of me having a heart attack. Let's, let's rewind and get ourselves together. I think what I was saying is that I was starting to move away from these channels, with the exception of a few, but I'll get to that in a second. It's not that I have anything against them, like I said earlier, it's just that I got tired of watching the same kinds of topics get covered by so many different people. Topics like, this is a bad TV show, this is a weird movie, this person sucks, this YouTube channel has no purpose. And it's good content, it's not that I don't like it. I want to emphasize that it's not that I don't like it. Okay, it's just not the stuff that I felt like I needed to continue to watch. It's the same thing I'll say as David Dobrik's vlogs. Great example because when I first started to watch David's vlogs, I think I was a little bit obsessed. I was watching all of them. I was watching them all day. I was in class and I was like sneaking to watch David's vlogs. I don't even know why I was so obsessed with it. And then one day I just had had enough. And it's not that I hated David or his content, because I actually, like, I kept watching Liza for a bit, and I kept watching, who, uh, Heath, I think I was watching Heath's channel for a bit too. I don't know, but the point of it was I got tired. I got tired, and I just said, you know what, I need to find something else, and it's kind of like, with, the, it's kind of the same thing with the commentary channel. I was getting away from them, and you probably might be asking yourself, what does any of this have to do with, you know, the problem with commentary channels? I'll explain that to you, but moment of silence for a second, and let's pray to God that my phone does not vibrate while I'm trying to record this, because I can't turn it down right now. I'm in the middle of recording. If I try to turn it to silent, it's going to stop this and do some weird things. I've already tried it, so let's just, let's just quick prayer. Father God, don't let my phone vibrate. Thank you. Okay. But I stayed for channels like Ready to Glare. Ready to Glare is a social commentary channel run by GC Phillips. I want to say that's her name. I hope that's her name. I say, you know, I know her name because I say it all the time. <laughs> when I'm telling other people about her channel and now all of a sudden I'm having just a brain fart and I can't think of it. Okay. I originally asked myself why did I stay for her and channels like hers but I didn't stay for channels like Danny Gonzalez just for example. Okay. It's and it's not actually a pretty difficult answer. It's it's really simple. See GC's content does not deviate much. 
just as most commentary channels do they focus on one very specific like type of thing and with com um comedy commentary they focus on roasting like bad other bad content okay they make content off of bad content with social commentary it's more well it depends it depends with social commentary because social commentary could be news related uh, or social commentary could be like focusing on like a niche of some sort and that's kind of what GC does her videos do range a little bit but for the most part it's usually like about pedophiles rapists murderers and other generally bad people and she likes to talk about their stories and just talk about how much they suck which i love because she has a really i want to say strong <laughs> distaste for these people and it's so strong that it comes across through the video and you like you just want to have that distaste with her if that makes sense some people's personalities just draw you in and that's that's GC but like I said it's not that she only focuses on one thing it's that she mainly focus on focuses on that but she also talks about things like Cosmo magazine she really hates Cosmo magazine and occasionally like here and there a celebrity or a youtuber whatever uh, then why if her content is pretty much the same do I say because isn't that the same thing that I just complained about yes it is but it's because GC's channel feels very much her own there are plenty of channels that cover killers serial killers and there are plenty of channels that cover like brutal murders uh, parents neglecting their children pedophiles who got away with it or whatever the case may be there are plenty of channels that do that but none of them feel quite like GC. As you can tell, I am a huge fan of Ready to Glare. <laughs> but she has created an identity for herself that is distinct and clear. And so when I go to her channel, I'm not just coming to her channel for the content. I'm also coming to her channel for her. Something that I'm not going to get anywhere else. But when I watch a lot of other commentary channels, it seems like they are struggling to stand out for the rest. I mean from the rest <laughs> and that's not to say that they aren't doing well or that what they're doing isn't working I mean who am I to talk about the success of someone else when I am probably the least relevant person to walk this planet see Danny and Drew made up a whole tour to celebrate the fact that they knew that they had a lot of similarities and I appreciate that self-awareness and again it's not that I don't think they're distinct because they do have things that are very much their own um <sighs> What was I about to say? <laughs> Danny calls his fans Greg. That's something that he has created for himself. It's weird to just, you know how like YouTubers will come up with a name for their fan base? Well, Danny did that, but it's it's a, it's an actual name. <laughs> it's not even a play on his name. It's just a name. It's so strange. So yeah, they have their differences, although the similarities <laughs> probably outweigh the differences. And it's not that I don't think that they're distinct wait am I trying <laughs> I got tongue-tied there for a second okay it's not that I don't think that they're distinct I just don't think they're distinct enough let's talk Leon Lush for example Leon uses what I call dirty shock humor ranging from sort of mild to like non 
not safe for work <laughs> times 12. In my opinion, he has created a clear identity for himself. When I watch his channel, I feel like this is Leon Lush's thing. Like this is his, not necessarily he's one of the groups of people that do commentary. Ryan Trahan, for example, when I watched his, I've only watched like three or four of his videos. After I got done watching it, I didn't feel like I was watching anything new. Of course, the video topic that he covered was probably you know something that he'd come up with himself but it still didn't quite feel like I was watching Ryan it felt like I was watching any old youtuber who wanted to make commentary about something but then you have Leon Lush who has Nigel I think his monkey is named Nigel why am I questioning myself right now <laughs> he has the monkey and he does weird things with and to the monkey <laughs> And he, he just does things that feel very Leon. When you watch his videos, you know that that's Leon's channel. That's all that I'm trying to say. And that is the first issue. I think that commentary YouTube would benefit tremendously from finding a way to stand out both in delivery and in content. And that's not to say that other genres don't suffer from the same thing. I think that <laughs> the makeup and beauty section in general has that problem but like at a much higher degree than the commentary does. And this is why I only watch a few select makeup beauty guru type people, makeup artists, whatever. I can't think of everyone right now, but there are a couple of people that I watched and I was like, oh yeah, they have a magnetic personality. They're doing things that are different. I really like their style. There's one girl in particular and I'm picturing her face in my head because I watch her all the time. I don't even really like makeup videos like that. I really don't because I don't wear makeup a lot so it's no point in me watching these videos. But I can't think of her name. I love her so much though. Her personality is golden. It's absolutely golden. But you know what? Let's get back to commentary. For the second issue, I'm going to focus mainly on something I saw today on Twitter. Not too long ago. Actually, it was yesterday. Why did I say today? Not too long ago, Danny Gonzalez made a video about the worst radio show ever. And I got maybe five minutes into it before I went to do something else. It wasn't because the video was like, I didn't want to watch it. I think it was just because I was hungry. And then I went to go get food and came back and just never finished it. It's probably what it was. But point being, I don't know what he actually said about that um, radio show that made <laughs> the people that run the show so angry. But whatever it was, they got angry. More specifically, the woman half of the show, she took to Twitter to threaten Danny and force him to review his legal options. I will say, however, that I think she handled this thing pretty well in the grand scheme of things. If you look at it, like you gotta look at the whole big picture here. The whole big picture here, but I'll get to that too in a second. Anyway, here's what happened. So someone tweeted at Angie Taylor, the co-host of the radio show that Danny had done a video about and said that their show was about to blow up. And Angie responded by saying, and I quote, "Oh, that's cute. He's about to get slapped by legal for using our face. Thanks for the heads up, kissy face. Now, if that's not passive aggressive, I don't know what is. So she was referring to how Danny had used a promotional picture of Angie and the other guy from the show as part of his thumbnail for his video. And I'm no legal expert. <laughs> really, I'm not. But I really don't think that she could legally slap him over that. 
It sounds like fair use to me, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, Danny has had some similar problems in the past before when a company told him that they were going to review their legal options in an attempt to get him to take down his videos about them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look for Danny's Billion Surprise Toys saga. That was back in like 2018, I think. And I honestly forgot about this thing until now, but it's it's the whole Johnny Johnny Yes Papa thing, you know, eating sugar, no papa, telling lies, open mouth, you know, that thing, okay? It was about that. The, the company that made that didn't like what Danny was saying, and so they were like, oh, we're gonna review our legal options, something like that, whatever. But Angie, from what I saw last night, hasn't tweeted anything else about the situation. She did like one or two tweets from people that were on her side, but that's the extent of what I saw from her. Now, she could have very well posted something now, but I haven't checked because I, I don't really get on Twitter like that. I get on Twitter to retweet things that are funny, and that way I can go back and look at them later, like my own portfolio of funny things, if that makes sense. But it's totally a good thing that she hadn't said anything and that's basically why I say she handled this like a champ. You know, besides the whole, you know, legal slapping thing, I think she she did pretty well. Because it's hard to have your livelihood criticized by someone else, but especially someone with a big internet platform. Danny also did the right thing by telling his followers not to go and say anything to her like just leave her alone but this brings me to issue number two when commentary channels make videos about things like this there's really a fine line between having an opinion on something and completely roasting the nuts out of it i watch these videos all the time and i for the most part agree that the things that they show us that we watch in these videos they're ridiculous okay you would think that these people that make this stuff would realize how bad their content is and commentary channels cover Instagram comedians who make the cringiest, non-purpose having content ever. And I like to trash it. I really, honestly, and truly do. I think that it's a part of human nature to roast people and other things in good fun. Notice that I said roast, not bully, okay? There are times when you can take it too far and it becomes bullying. You might say, oh, people need to stop getting so offended and butthurt and learn to grow a thick skin. I agree. People do need to chill and they need to learn to laugh at themselves sometimes. But like I said, there's a fine line. Fans of these commentary channels are ruthless and they show no mercy. Fans will go and they will rip apart these people at the seams. DM, DM, <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied again. DMing them all kinds of hateful messages. So the problem is not necessarily what the commentator says, it's how the fan base responds to the video. And I gotta say, fan bases of anything, just about anything, are some of the most annoying groups of people you can ever encounter. For example, Star Wars fans. They can be toxic. I love Star Wars. But let someone find out that I like the prequel trilogy just as much as the original trilogy and they are ready to crucify me. Anime fans can be strange. I know it's a stereotype, but if you've ever gone to an anime convention, you will encounter some pretty rank smells. You know what I'm talking about. And you ask yourself, what kind of hygiene do these people have? And it's not everyone. It really isn't everyone, but it's a select few where you're asking yourselves, like, dude, come on, you gotta know that you stink. You gotta know.
There's absolutely no way that you walked out of the house this morning thinking to yourself, I haven't showered in two weeks. But that's totally acceptable. I smell fine. But don't even get me started on commentary channel fans because they can be downright evil. They really don't know how to behave on the internet and sometimes not even in public. I went to the We Are Two Different People tour by Danny Gonzalez and Drew Gooden featuring Curtis Connor sometime last year, I wanna say in September. I drove six and a half hours to Atlanta where my younger brother goes to college just to see the show with him because I watched, I, I watched Drew and Danny and Curtis first. And then I sent him, I think like one or two videos that Curtis did. And I was like, I think you'll like this cause it's totally your type of humor. He was like, oh yeah, I love it, whatever. And I think actually he was more excited to see Curtis than he was Danny and Drew, <laughs> even though it wasn't even Curtis's tour, but whatever. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a good time. We had a good time the whole weekend. But I kid you not, the both of us were dying on the inside having to be around some of those fans. As people were walking in, we were already seated because we got there kind of early. Uh, and pe other people were walking in and they were finding their seats and they were sitting down. And we were looking around like, what the heck? What are these people doing? What? I don't understand. It was incredibly confusing. I was honestly embarrassed to be a fan myself. I was so like embarrassed just to be there because these people were cringy and I was hoping and I was praying that nobody else in the audience was thinking that about me. Cause I said, I I'm sitting here and I'm totally being chill, but I hope that just me being here, you know, doesn't rub people the wrong way because these, like the, I'm telling you the people around me, they sucked. Okay. They really sucked. And I hate to say that about people. I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but a lot of those people that we were there with, they sucked. I'm not kidding. They were loud, they were obnoxious, they thought they were cool. You are not cool just because you watch somebody on YouTube, I promise you you're not. That is not what qualifies you to be cool, okay? So let's just, let's start there. <laughs> let's start there. I know we're at a 50, but let's bring it down to about a two. And then the couple beside me, okay. Let's talk about the couple beside me. So the, the girl was sitting a row ahead of me but like down at the end. So I'm gonna try to explain how we were sitting. Me and my brother were sitting in the last row of the bottom floor. Like there were two floors. We were in the last row of the bottom floor. And then there was like a balcony area, which was cheaper cause it was further back. Uh, but yeah, we were like in the bottom floor in the last row. And so there was one row ahead of us where there was a girl sitting by herself and she was at the end she was at all the way to the right my brother and I like I said we were on the last row but we were one seat over from the end the right end and then there was a I was sitting in the second from the right seat my brother was to my left and then there was a guy sitting next to my brother and he was leaning over and talking to the girl who was in front of me and all the way to the right and so I, I asked my brother, I was like, you think we should just like switch or something? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I got this wrong. I think I got this wrong. No, actually what happened was I was all the way on the, on the right. So there was no seat at the end. I know why I thought that now, but no. Okay, start over. 
I was all the way to the right in the back. My brother was beside me. There was one guy beside my brother. There was a girl sitting in front of me all the way to the right. I asked my brother, I was like, do you think we should just switch with him and let him sit in my seat, the guy who was talking to his girlfriend who was in front of me, let that guy sit in my seat and me and my brother just shift down to the left. That way she would be in front of him and he would be up behind her and they wouldn't be yelling across us. Okay, so we asked them and they were like, yeah, thanks, whatever. So uh, we switch and they're talking to each other and they're, you know, just having normal conversation before the show started. And they, I thought they were cool people. I really did. I was like, oh, these are cool, some cool folks. We can probably make some friends while we're sitting here. I don't know. But then Curtis comes out to do his stand-up routine. And they were saying the rudest things about Curtis as he was talking. Okay. And there were other people who were talking, too. They were yelling during his routine, and he had to stop and, like, shut a couple people down <laughs> in the nicest way. He was being Curtis, but he was being nice at the same time. But they just, like, wouldn't shut up. So, but the, the couple beside me, okay, let's go back to them for a second. I understand. If you don't like his routine, you know, stand-up isn't for everybody, and... You know, Curtis's routine was cringy and it was awkward, but I think that was like the point of it because if you watch Curtis's videos, that's who he is as a person. He's not supposed to be cool and whatever. You get what I'm saying, okay? That's fine. If you don't like it, you just don't like it, but do shut up. We all pay to be here and some of us pay quite a bit. Let me explain how much I pay to be there. Between gas to drive six and a half hours, a hotel room for a couple of days, food for a couple of days parking at the venue and parking at the hotel all of that and the ticket to the show i had invested quite a bit to be there and i wanted to hear what i paid for i wanted to get my money's worth i didn't come there to hear the couple beside me i came there to hear curtis and danny and drew now they they were quiet for the whole danny and drew thing but they weren't quiet for Curtis, and it was making me so mad. I wanted to look over at my brother and be like, did we do the wrong thing? Should we have just left them <laughs> separated? Maybe they wouldn't be talking right now. Like, it's cool to whisper, but you, they were talking at full volume. I don't understand. Anyway, a month, a, month, a month after that, I drove back to Atlanta, do the same thing all over again, got a hotel for a couple of days, I think that time I actually spent more time in Atlanta than I did the first time. Um, but I had gone to see the Eric Andre Legalize Everything show. Quick backstory about that. I used to watch Eric Andre, not his show. I used to watch like short video clips of Eric Andre way back when. And I told my brother, I was like, hey, I think you would like this guy because he's pretty funny. You know, if you if you notice a trend here, it's always me telling my brother, I think you should do this. And then he goes and does it and he loves it. <laughs> but yeah, I used to like Eric Andre and then I tried to get my brother to watch him, but he was like, ah, eh, eh, whatever. So he never really did. And then one day he texts me. He's like, Asia, oh my God, you should watch Eric Andre. And I'm like, bro, do you not remember that a couple years ago? I kept telling you to watch Eric Andre. What is wrong with you? So yeah. We went to the Eric Andre show. It was really weird in a lot of different ways. Um, it has a completely different audience and it was a completely different age group. So I expected it to be different. And although Eric's show itself was hard to sit through, especially the opening acts, there was one girl, Sarah Squirms, 
who made me want to projectile vomit myself across the room and out of the door. <laughs> I really did not like her routine. Um, but it's shock comedy at its finest, okay? Um, I, I just couldn't believe, though, after all of that sitting at the Eric Andre show, which is, like, supposed to be uncomfortable, I felt so much less awkward there than I did at the Danny and Drew and Curtis show. I couldn't believe it. I, you know, Eric's show, like I said, is supposed to be uncomfortable to sit through. You're not supposed to be sitting there like, oh, yeah, this is fine. No, you're supposed to sit there and squirm in your seat because it, it's, it's just weird. And it's gross, and it's adult humor. It's so many things wrapped in one. But, like, the Danny and Drew thing wasn't supposed to be that weird, and yet it was. I, you know, several times was like, should I just get up and leave? Because I can't sit through this. And it wasn't Danny and Drew and Curtis themselves. It was the fans. It was the fan base. It was the people that I was sitting around, the ones who were yelling and screaming while they were, you know, supposed to be doing the show. It was the ones who were, like, singing loudly <laughs> before the show even started, off-key, and just, you know, being weird. It, it was all of that combined, and it was the ones who were saying rude things the entire time. I just didn't understand why it had to be that way. So yeah, the commentators themselves have to keep fans in check, and they have to ask them not to harass the subjects of their videos, but they, they do it anyway. Um, but it's not like you can hold the creators themselves responsible for the actions of the stupid people. Uh, but thankfully, it didn't seem to get that bad with Angie because I have seen some terrible, terrible attacks from fans of commentary videos who will go and they will completely massacre the person that was talked about in the video. And I can't say this for sure, but it didn't look like there were thousands of people that went after her head like I've seen with the other ones. Um, it did, however, as have me asking myself, did Angie actually do anything wrong? I mean, yes, yeah, she threatened to review her legal options for no reason, but beyond that, all she really did was defend herself and her show, and there's nothing wrong with that. Personally, no, I don't care for her content. I think it's, you know, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but there are people who don't like my show either, and that's fine. It's my show. I'm going to do it how I like, regardless of what other people think. Of course, I take, you know, some opinions into account because that's how you make things better. You always have to get an outside an outside perspective on things because you can't really see past your own biases about the things that you do. So I get that, you know? I get it. Everyone's not gonna like what I do. Would I want it to be torn apart by some internet celebrity for many to witness? No, absolutely not. But at the same time, I get Danny's side too. He's totally allowed to talk about whatever he wants to talk about. He's not bothering anybody. He's not slandering anybody. He's just stating his opinion on what he thinks of your show. And he makes his living off of people like Angie that make content that can be made fun of. And there's nothing wrong with that. To switch gears a little though, let's go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. I temporarily stopped watching commentary videos. I stayed for some of the social ones, but I moved away from the more like most of the comedic ones. And as I mentioned, Ready to Glare makes social commentary. That brings me to another point. Where do we draw the line? Commentary can be made about just about anyone. And anything is pretty much fair game except for some pretty obvious things like children and the mentally disabled. Typically, we don't make fun of children 
or the mentally disabled. It's just, it's an unspoken rule. But even with children, you can like kind of roast them to a point. But you know, children are a lot more delicate, I'll say. You don't want them to grow up to be babies. You, you don't want them to grow up feeling like everything they do has to be catered to or whatever. But you also don't want to crush their dreams. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to dance on that fine line. And I think a really good example of that, well, two really good examples of that are one, Rebecca Black. She wasn't a, a kid, but she was a teenager, a young teenager at that. And I think that her song was absolutely horrible, but it wasn't her fault. And it especially did not deserve to be picked apart to the extent that it was, because it wasn't even the song that people were really roasting at, um, at one point it started to become about her. Yeah, it started to be about her. People started to say things about her and how she looked, how she sounded, uh, just her and her family in general. People were saying a lot of mean things and she was also getting death threats. That's what I'm talking about. So you have to figure out where that line is and where you wanna draw it. But another good example is there was a song by this kid named Max Harris uh, I think that's his name and he wrote a song called I want to get high <laughs> but he wasn't talking about like drugs or anything he was talking about <laughs> I don't even know what he was talking about it, it felt more like a mental aspiration thing Aspir inspiration a mental inspiration thing <laughs> he was like I want to get high don't care if I die I want to shoot across the sky I believe I can fly I want to get high from the um, the best of my memory that's what it sounded like I haven't heard it in a while <laughs> and then he did some like pretty weird dance moves and he was dancing up against a wall it, it wasn't a very good music video but the reaction to it even though a lot of the reaction <laughs> was like dude stop uh, also some of it was positive and it they weren't tearing him apart or you know crushing his dreams they were just like lightly making fun of him for it enough to where it's funny but it's not like you know soul crushing and that's the difference and then there are the people who genuinely are just trying to make good content and maybe they just don't understand how to do it so it comes off awkward or strange or just bad so do we comment on them too because i feel less inclined to pick on people well, I, you know, again, I'm not talking about bullying. I'm talking about just a light, a light roasting. <laughs> I feel less inclined to pick on people when they've tried their best. I really do. When they've tried their hardest and it still comes out bad, I don't want to pick on them because it's not like I want to make them feel bad about what they've done because they really did try. Me roasting them is me really just, I don't know. Thinking that something is funny, I'll put it like that. I'll think it's funny, but I'm not trying to destroy them. And I, it's hard to it's hard to think something is funny when someone has really, really tried their best on it. So we can still roast them, but like to a lesser degree, right? But and then there are some people that are just basically asking to be roasted. They're not saying it physically, but they're asking. You know that they are. I mean, these are people like that guy on Instagram. I cannot think of his name right now, but he pours liquids in his eyes like hot sauce and lemon juice and he's making the weirdest content 
that I think something had to do with an egg. I don't know, it's really weird and it's disgusting and it's very harmful and you can tell that he's doing it just for the views. He is someone that you can ruthlessly pick apart in a commentary video because what he's doing is stupid and we all know it's stupid and it's not like he's trying his best and we're tearing him down. No, it's really that he needs to get a hold of himself and he needs to stop. So we need to bring awareness to this. And then there are people like JayStation who seem to have no sense of what should and should not be made into entertainment. He just seems like so, I don't even know how to explain it. Just so in another world that he can't stop to recognize and come back down to earth and see like the things that are acceptable and the things that aren't acceptable. So you ask the question, who, if anyone, really deserves to be picked on? You have to draw the line somewhere. And I think it's really hard for commentary channels to do that. But the good thing about a lot of social commentary is that it's not making fun of people. It's just commenting on, like, bad people. And I know I keep talking about her, but she's such a good example. Ready to Glare makes content about the worst of the worst of people. You don't feel bad when she's making commentary on them because what they did was horrible and it, it you know, it needs to be talked about. But even she hates digging on them too much. She doesn't do many follow-up videos. She does some, but not many. And it's not because she wants to give them a break, but it's because after one or two videos, you really don't need that much more. But the thing is, with commentary channels, the same people get covered over and over and over and the same things and the same topics get covered by so many people that the genre at this point is just oversaturated. Kind of like the podcast thing is right now. Everyone and their mama has a podcast. I wish that I had gotten started years ago when I first thought about hosting a show. When I first created the idea for this show, I wish that I was able to come out with it right away. But I wasn't, and it took me two years to produce and upload one episode, which got me further into the rabbit hole than I already was. There were so many podcasts back then, but imagine how many there are now. And so, you know, it's a struggle to constantly pull yourself to the top and make yourself stand out from all the other shows. No, I, I really thought I just saw something blue run across my yard. Sonic, is that you, bro? Yeah, don't do that. I don't know what that was, but it was a blue flash of light that just ran across my backyard. And I'm totally nervous. I hate sitting in my car at night because there are wild animals that roam my yard. <laughs> and I don't want to get out the car and run into one of them. There have been plenty of times where I was podcasting and I'll be like, oh, there's a cat. Hi, cat. <laughs> or something like that. But I thought I'd just let everybody know that, yeah, Sonic, I think, was just in my backyard. So... That was interesting. But anyway, I guess in the end, I'm not complaining about commentary channels to say that it needs to stop. I think that other channel genres have just as many issues, if not more issues, than commentary channels. God knows that family vlogs are some of the worst things to ever exist on this planet. And yet, some people do it right. I used to watch this girl, Elle Rose Vlogs. Well, she had two channels. I think it was Elle Rose Vlogs and Elizabeth Parsons, but she stopped making videos to, I, I don't know, what did she say? Well, it was too much editing or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but for whatever reason, she stopped making videos. I also used to watch Lex Loves Lowe's. I don't think they've done anything recently, but it's um, Alexa 
Pinavega and Carlos Pinavega. Carlos from Big Time Rush, Alexa from Spy Kids. Uh, it's their family channel. Uh, and their two sons, Ocean and Kingston. And I think that both of those people had really good quality family vlogs. Nothing about it seemed fake. None of that, what's up guys? Go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe before we get started. You know, that nonsense. And they also did makeup situations for views. Ace family. <laughs> um, it was simply just them living their lives and I really enjoyed that. And so it's easy to say that a, a genre is messed up, but then you have so many goodies within that genre that you can't lump everybody together in the same category. You have to separate them and you have to figure out what separates them, like the things that make this one good and the things that make this one bad or not necessarily bad, but to just make it need a little bit more work. And once you do that, you can really start to fix the problems that are building up in the community. I think that overall, commentary channels are good entertainment. And I have laughed really hard at a lot of those videos. And also, I've been truly invested in a lot of what they discuss. I just think that it needs some fine-tuning because it's taking over YouTube. It really is. Commentary, the commentary genre is really taking over YouTube. So many people have either like jumped ship and started making commentary when they used to do something else or just like new faces are popping up here and there. So a lot of these problems are getting to be more highlighted than they normally would be just because it is taking over YouTube. But that's just my two cents. Well, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, leave a rating on iTunes for me because that would help me a lot more than you realize. And if you're not on iTunes, well, I think it's actually Apple Podcasts now. I don't know. I don't own any Apple products besides an iPod from maybe 2012. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can probably still leave a rating. It depends on the platform that you're on. I'm not really sure. I really don't know. <laughs> but that would still help me tremendously too. I make new episodes mostly every week, mostly on Wednesdays, 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 but not really because sometimes it's Thursday and sometimes it's Friday and sometimes it's not at all, but I try really hard not to do that. It's just that especially with not having a proper recording studio and editing, well I could edit it I guess. But it'd be, I hate taking the audio from my phone and putting it on my computer. I just, I don't know, that extra step really bothers me. <laughs> when I could just, I think it's more because I wish I was in my studio using the equipment that I bought that I paid so much money for and then I'm not able to use it. So I think it's just out of spite. Like since I'm already recording on my phone, just like forget it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even gonna worry about editing it. I'm just gonna put it out there and see what it sounds like. But yes, like I said, thank you so much for listening. I run this show for fun, but I also do it because I want people to hear it. If I didn't want people to hear it, I wouldn't put any effort into it. I would just make it just for myself. But since I do put effort into it and I am proud of what I do, I would like it to succeed. So that's the only reason that I'm asking for a rating it's only if you feel like it I'm not pressuring anybody you ain't gotta do anything you don't want to do 
but it would really help me out. And if you don't want to do that, then the other thing you can do if you enjoy my show is refer it to a friend. You can say, hey, have you heard the Completely Random Foolishness podcast hosted by Asia? And they'll be like, no, I haven't heard the Completely Random Foolishness podcast hosted by Asia. You'll be like, oh, well, you need to check out the Completely Random Foolish podcast hosted by Asia. And they'll be like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> See you later. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, one second. Before you go, I just want to say this about my show. So it's come to my attention that some listeners, should I say listeners? I was about to say viewers, but this is not something you view. This is something you listen to. It has come to my attention that some listeners have an issue with the formatting of my show, particularly the range in times and the range in content because I don't really stick to one particular thing. If you go to my website, I think, (laughs) I gotta check, but if you go to my website, it says that I run about a 30 to 45 minute show, sometimes longer. Actually, it doesn't say sometimes longer, but I do know that at one point my website did say from 30 to 45 minutes roughly. I don't know if I changed it recently. I might have, but yeah. So I'll just explain it really quickly for anyone who doesn't know. The reason that the times vary so much is because I don't stick to just one genre. I don't want to drag anything out longer than it needs to be dragged out just to make a particular time. And I don't want to shorten anything just to make a particular time when I'm leaving out information that I really wanted to cover. So that's the reason that the times vary so much. And the topics vary widely like this because if you noticed or if you didn't notice, the name of my show is the Completely Random Foolishness Podcast. It's in the title. We're not going to talk about anything serious. We might do something really stupid next week and it'll have absolutely nothing to do with what I just talked about right now. You'll be asking yourself, well, I, you know, I thought that you were like this and your show was like this and it's actually like, no, my show isn't like that. My show is whatever I want it to be for the week. If you don't jive with that, go find another show to listen to. But if you do jive with that, stick with me because I'm pretty sure that I'm going to come up with at least something At least like one thing that you'll like, okay? And that's an Asia guarantee. Okay, now I can say see you later. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Completely Random Foolishness or on Twitter at CRF underscore podcast. Intro and outro music made by Eric Burwell, aka The Best Dad Ever. And thanks for listening to this abysmal calamity I call a podcast.